Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, and stories of West Seattle come together. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. Election Day is upon us, and no matter where you stand on the candidates and issues, the one thing I think everyone can agree on is that this election is a big one. In this episode, we'll check in with West Seattle voters at the ballot drop-off box in the junction and hear about a historic effort in expanding voting rights that got started right here on the peninsula. I recently participated in a get-out-the-vote campaign called The Big Send, where I, along with thousands of other volunteers, wrote personal letters to traditionally underrepresented groups in the electorate, encouraging them to vote by explaining why voting matters to me. It was an incredibly rewarding experience, writing out my thoughts to over 60 registered voters in Texas, Florida, and Georgia. As instructed, my messages were nonpartisan, but did sometimes reflect matters that I thought were important, like education, healthcare, and the environment. Mostly, I just encouraged people to make their voices heard. Talking to people in my neighborhood is a big part of why I started this podcast, and though it's gotten easier, it's always a little challenging to approach a stranger and ask for something, even if it's just their opinion. But I really wanted to hear from my neighbors about why voting in this election was important to them. So I spent some time at the official ballot drop box in the junction, and on a Sunday afternoon, it was plenty busy. In the hour and a half I spent hanging out there, a ballot was dropped off on average every two minutes. But the results of my own polling were a bit more of a bust. I... I'm not comfortable. Oh, um, no thanks, I prefer Just voting. How about you? Pass. Thank you. I'm okay, sorry. I I mean, do I have to? I'm sorry. Sure, no problem. <laughs> to my surprise, most people didn't want to talk to me about why they were voting. I'd introduce myself as the producer of this podcast and ask them if they could tell me why they were voting that day. And one after another, I was politely declined. Now, when you approach a stranger with a microphone, you get used to being politely declined. But this was a little different. It was a lot. I'd actually thought about my appearance before setting out for the ballot box, making sure I was dressed very neutral in a gray zip-up hoodie, khakis, and a Seattle Kraken baseball cap. And of course I had a mask on, so I tried to really amp up my smizing game, trying to project some sense of friendly openness in my tone and approach. But for whatever reason, most people weren't interested in speaking with me. I get that asking people about anything election-related, especially in these times, might feel a little more loaded than my typical line of questioning like, what's your favorite park, or who makes West Seattle's best burger, which I'm still trying to find out. But I was very careful to ask people nothing remotely partisan or specific about how they voted, I just wanted to know why they were voting, and in some cases followed up with why this particular election mattered to them, or if they typically voted in every election. And the people I approached were all going out of their way to drop their ballot off in the junction, even though in Washington state, all ballots can be mailed in postage-free right up through Election Day. So I was really surprised that so many of these people who were so determined to get their vote in didn't want to talk about it. That said, a handful of people did have something to say. Why am I voting today? Why am I voting? Man, hoping that what I have to say matters in the grand scheme of things if we all come together and think similarly. I feel like it's my civic duty to vote. I voted um, in every election since I've been 18 years of age, and this election in particular feels like there's a lot more on the line, and it's my responsibility to vote. This year, I feel, is more important than ever to get the vote out, so I'm getting it in early as possible. Because I always vote. 
always. And what's important about this election to you? That Trump not get back in office. (laughs) I am voting because I believe that our choice matters. And I am hoping for a big shift in this election and want to play my part in making sure that we are contributing to a healthier collective. Uh, I'm just voting for like local stuff. I just, you know, I want to be able to say that I'm doing everything that I can. I just want to get my ballot in early just so the counting process could start a little bit earlier. Um, just because I expect it to be a little bit challenging the next couple of weeks. I was hoping to get in actually earlier, but I just was so busy with work this week, I wasn't able to get here till today. But this is the earliest I've ever voted in my life, like by a long shot. Like usually my ballot's going in kind of the day of or maybe the day before, something like that. You should vote every time you get a chance, man. I just think it's always important. This is a chance for our voice to be heard. We need a change. Change at the top. Dra- dramatically, I mean, down ballot all the way. I wanted my vote to count. So I wanted to come here today and ensure that it was at least in the hopper for when we have election night. I think that there are a lot of key issues on the table, just lots of initiatives I think that are really important. I guess it's just to better ensure that I can see an outcome of what I align with or I vote for someone who I align with or some of the propositions that I want to see come to fruition. I'm voting today so um, we can have decent um, administration in this country again, period. (laughs) I want to be clear in stating that I don't fault any of the people who took a pass on talking with me. Voting is personal, and the privacy of someone's ballot choices should of course be protected. Perhaps the reluctance of people to talk about voting now is just a reflection of our divisive times that we can hopefully overcome. Or maybe you should never ask a person in West Seattle for a minute of their time with just two hours before the kickoff of a Seahawks game. Long before we had ballot boxes in the junction, the ability to vote locally was severely limited in more ways than one. But a major breakthrough in expanding voting rights in Washington state had its origins right here in West Seattle. It's the subject of a new exhibit created by the Southwest Seattle Historical Society. And to learn more about it, I spoke with the society's former collections manager and registrar, Rachel Regaline. How did the idea for this exhibit first come about? It first came about because as we know 2020 is the big centennial for women's suffrage in the U.S., and we thought, oh, maybe we can find something um, about Alki or West Seattle to go with this. And we quickly found a lot and realized that there was a really exciting untold story here. We realized that it, it deserved to be told and deserved an exhibit. And what goes into creating an exhibit like this? So initially, it involves many hundreds of hours of research. Sometimes you're telling a story that's already been told and you don't have to do as much research, but because this really hadn't been investigated and put together in a cohesive way, it involved meticulous combing through newspaper, museum, library archives, going through genealogy and census data, trying to track down as much information as we possibly could, as well as researching the existing literature on women's suffrage and women's history in Washington state so that we were doing good history and properly contextualizing the story of the Alki Club. So that's the bulk of the workload. From there, then we work on compiling the research into a cohesive story, which is the foundation of the exhibit. And then it's rigorous editing, bringing the story length down into a short, compelling and accessible exhibit text. 
-hmm. And the final phase is design. So bringing together the final text and pairing with relevant images and layout to tell the story. So what can you tell us about Catherine Smith, who started the Alki Suffrage Club? Catherine was a tireless political activist her entire adult life. She moved to the Seattle area from Colorado, and there she had experience where women had voting rights, and she saw the benefits in the Denver society that she lived in. And so when suffrage was starting to become an option for Washington women, she immediately hopped on that bandwagon, and she led one of the most active clubs in Washington. And was the Alki Suffrage Club the first organization of its kind in Seattle? No, there were clubs that existed before then and clubs across the state and others in the Seattle area. However, it was one of the largest and most active. Votes for Women was the suffrage newspaper for Washington State, and it frequently highlighted Catherine and the Alki Club's activities. So I did a little of my research on this as well, and I saw that in just 10 months after forming, membership swelled to over 100 people and eventually became one of the largest in the state. Do you know what percentage of those people were West Seattle residents, or did it include members from across the city? So unfortunately, we don't have any surviving rosters of club members. What we do have are the names of the club leaders and mentions of women associated with the club in newspapers. So what we do know is that they were not limited to Alki in West Seattle. They campaigned and lobbied across Youngstown, Georgetown, and the whole Duwamish Peninsula. Catherine, in particular, was busy across the state, frequently going to Olympia. And even the week before the election, Catherine personally bought out all of her ad space in all of the theater programs for all of the Seattle theaters, putting in an ad for Votes for Women. Uh So while they were Alki based, they were by no means limited. And were there any men in the club? Again, because we don't have any surviving rosters, we don't know. We do know that Catherine and others were good friends with judges, senators, and other influential men in the area. So there is a a good chance that there were at least some honorary members. Catherine also wrote a regular column for the Seattle Star newspaper. Was that strictly or primarily about the suffrage movement, or did she write about other things? It was exclusively on suffrage, Uh, but she used a variety of approaches. Sometimes they were statements from influential or important figures in favor of suffrage, but she often used anecdotes and examples from either states where women had voting rights or even other countries reporting on the benefits that those societies were seeing. So in 1910, Washington became the fifth state to grant women the right to vote, thanks in no small part to the efforts of Catherine Smith and the Alki Suffrage Club. However, this right was not extended to all women. Who was able to vote and who was not? So at this time, after the success of this bill passing, the vote was extended to white and black citizens over the age of 21, as well as Native women who had severed all ties with their tribes. Asian Americans and Native Americans would not have equal voting rights until well into the 20th century. I think it wasn't until 1965 when the Voting Rights Act was passed that prohibited racial discrimination and made voting equal to everyone. Absolutely. And even though it it says technically, legally, Black women after this had, Black women who were citizens had the right to vote, We don't necessarily know if this occurred in Washington. We do know that across the United States that there was often voter intimidation and other tactics that were used to discourage voters of color. I guess times haven't changed too much, sadly. And and I guess that brings me to my last question. Why is the story of Catherine Smith and the Alki Suffrage Club so important to share? So I think the important message for us today is that 
Catherine and the club women saw a need for change and an opportunity for a better society, but they didn't just stop there. They really leveraged their power and privilege to bring about change. A distinction about this time is that it was generally well-to-do white women who had the time and money to engage in political efforts, not poor working class women, where we know at that time in particularly was largely where women of color were relegated to. So their approach was to convince the men within their circles of influence why it was a good idea for women to have equal voting rights, and then to convince those men to talk to their friends and so on. So I think the reminder for today is to assess what privilege and opportunities we have access to in order to bring about a better world for everyone. Check out the Alki Suffrage Club exhibit at the Southwest Seattle Historical Society's website at loghousemuseum.org. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you've heard, reviews are always appreciated. And remember to follow us on Facebook for updates. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.